presence of God is in this room tonight. And it doesn't matter what is going on inside of you, what you've brought with you tonight, why you're here tonight. He wants to meet you. And as we're worshiping, I just sense it's like we sing that song, Holy, Holy, Holy God. And the Bible says that we need to have pure hearts. But to see God, we need to be pure and holy. I was thinking about purity. It's not it's not work because he's done the work. He died on the cross. He paid for his sins, but it's it's living pure. It's it's receiving what he's done and saying, I'm not going there. Maybe you're here tonight with your eyes closed and, and you go, I just need to repent. I need to I need to lay down some stuff. It might be small, it might be massive. It doesn't really matter because it's the same Jesus that paid the price for it all. And the word repent means to not just lay it down, but to change direction. To go, I lay it down, but I'm not going back. I'm laying it down and I'm walking a different way. And just in your heart, it's not something you're going to respond. You're not going to ask you to put your hand up. But between you and God tonight, in the quietness of this, I just want you to say, God, is there anything in my life that's not pure in your sight? Is there a habit? Is there an action? Is there a thing that I do? Is there a thing that I say? A thing that I don't say? Is there, is there stuff that I've even done today that... It's just not pleasing in your eyes. And I want you in this moment to just have that connection with God. Speak to Him because He wants to speak to you right now. And lay down some stuff. And we're just going to wait a few minutes in this kind of as Andrew just plays and just, just talk to God. Jesus. So God, we just lay 
down everything that you've revealed to us even tonight that is not pleasing in your sight. You are a holy God, and we invite you to come. We want to know you more. We don't want to just know about you, but we want to have such an encounter with you, and we want to create space in our heart, space in our mind, where, where we've let junk and other things fill up our hearts and fill up that space. Tonight, we, we just we say to that stuff, you're gone. We're going a different direction. We break off all that stuff. We throw out all that stuff tonight. We, we clean house tonight in our hearts. And we say, we want more space for you, God. We want you. We want to be pure. We want to be holy in your sight, Lord Jesus. Guard our lips. Guard our minds. Guard our ears. Guard our, our eyes. Guard our hands. Guard our feet where we walk. That we walk in holiness. That we walk in, in the, in, in, in the royalty of heaven. In that, in that, in that clothed with your glory. Clothed, clothed with your presence. In that white and royal robe that we are given, God. That, that cleanliness. We ask for that. We thank you that you died for us. It's not something that we need to earn or do all these things, but we can receive it tonight. We can say yes. And when we say yes, when we repent, when we, oh God, we're saying no to all the other things that can pull us down. So God, our hearts are yes. Yes, yes, Lord, we want more. We want more of you. Birth a hunger inside of us for more. Birth a hunger inside of us for more. That not like when we eat in the natural where we get full, but when we eat more, we want more. That there's a hunger that burns. God, we ask for your spirit to move in everyone in this place tonight. Jesus' name. Uh, take a seat uh, and I just um, as you do that I, I just feel tonight to uh, before we go on and and uh, I feel if you're here tonight and you uh, you just need you need a breakthrough from God it may be healing it may be direction it may be if you could just kind of keep playing Andrew and and you just need uh, you need God to meet you tonight you're here and you're like I've come to resurgence I'm not here to see people. I'm not here. I remember uh, many years ago, I was on the staircase of my house yelling out to God, God, I'm desperate to meet you. And I felt God say, well, get up and drive to this meeting across town. I got there and I was there and I said, God, I'm not here to meet anyone else. I'm not here for anything else, but I need to meet with you tonight. And God met me. And you just say, I need, whether it's a healing, whether it's miracle, whatever, and you just, you need God to touch you. I just want you to stand, and we're just going to surround you and people in the area, and just pray and lay hands. So if you see someone standing, would you go and pray for them and lay hands on them? We're a community of faith, and if you just need a touch of God, you're like, I am desperate for God to meet me tonight. And just stand. And, and uh, just, guys, if you see someone standing with no one around, please, let's find. There's some people here. Let's just surround
Is there anybody that uh, no one's around you, no one's praying for you? Just wave your hand so we can see. Just shake it. So that if you see someone waving their hand.
So God, we pray for every need, for every pain in the heart, for every infirmity, for every need of finances, a need of direction, and then just need you to miraculously move. We ask for that right now corporately. Father, for every person in this room, I declare healing in Jesus' name, that by your stripes we are healed. So for every person that needs healing, we declare healing. For every person here that represents someone that needs healing, we declare healing where they are, wherever they are in the world. We declare healing to go out. We declare finances. We declare the breakthrough, miraculous power of God, the miraculous power of God to come through every situation. We ask you, Father, right now for your love to come over every person that's just receiving, that they would feel your love, that we would feel your joy, that we would feel your strength, that we'd feel your hope and your peace. We thank you that you're the miracle worker. It's not us, but it's you. And we receive that tonight. We receive breakthrough. Yeah. God, I thank you that we can come in one way and leave a different way. That we may be sick and we may have problems, but we can leave in a different perspective because you are the problem solver. And you set us free. And we live in that freedom. So we thank you for that, Lord. Jesus' name. Just want you to uh, shake someone's hand, say hi to a couple people before you sit down, and just stay in the same uh, spirit. Well, I want to welcome you uh, to Resurgence. If you're uh, still praying, that's cool. But uh, again, my name is Travis, and uh, totally just want to welcome you. How many have never been to Resurgence before? Right on. Well, we welcome you. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, give them a warm hand, warm welcome. We are uh, this community that started close to five years ago. It seems like every month we meet, I add an extra year because it's just time is flying, but it's almost close to five years ago. And uh, God's just put this heart, uh, just uh, Ezekiel uh, was in this valley of dry bones and he looked around and the bones were dead and he believed and God said, prophesy, speak to the bones and life will come. And, and so that's what our heart is. 
uh, just to believe for the city. Uh, God is doing something in Edmonton. God is doing something not just in Edmonton, but in, in the province and the nation. And uh, I just, uh, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for His Spirit to move in my life, your life, and everybody's life. Amen? And, uh, and so we just call people to join with us, and uh, we're a community, and we just invite you, and uh, it's, it's kind of like, well, what age is resurgence? Well, it's, if you're hungry, you can come. You know, like we just want you to come and be a part of it, and uh, that's our heart, and I'd love to get to know you, and uh, we have a website, liveresurgence.com. You can find out all about us. Our next resurgence is actually August 7th, and uh, Dean's going to be speaking. Where is it, Dean? Right there. It's August 7th, right? Yeah. August 7th, and so we're really excited about that, and Dean's uh, an engineer by day, but a crazy... uh, uh, evangelist for God the rest of the time and in the, and in the day too. So uh, he's just awesome man of God and I know you're going to really enjoy what he's going to say and I know I'm going to enjoy it as well. So um, And so excited for that and then, and then we really go into the fall. We go back to the weekends and so we meet Saturday nights and uh, but in the summer we're like, oh, you know, so much is going on and it's like so nice outside or rainy outside. And uh, you might want to dance in the rain or something like that on Saturdays. So that's why we moved to, uh, to the weekday and uh, all that. But uh, um, I just want to invite Ashley. Would you come? Ashley was on our... Uh, yeah, give it up for Ashley. You may have seen on our... Uh, we have a Facebook group on Facebook. Join it if you're not. But you may have seen a prayer request for Ashley who was in a car accident. And anyone see that? Anyone go, oh, yeah, I saw that. Well, this is Ashley, and she just wants to testify what God has done. Um, so first off, thank you to everyone who's... Two weeks ago, actually, today, thank you, I was in an accident. Um, it was a pretty major car accident. Uh, I was rear-ended by a big truck and launched into the truck in front of me, and so just squished between two big trucks. Um, The car that hit me was going at least 50 kilometers an hour, the police said. Um, So between his velocity and my velocity combined, uh, we hit the truck in front of me at about 60 kilometers an hour, came to a dead stop, um, and my airbags actually didn't deploy. So I ended up hitting my head on the steering wheel, blacking out, um, having severe whiplash and just a lot of pain. I actually broke my arm. Um, I took it out of a sling because it's just really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> no reason. Um, and so anyways, um, yeah, I spent a week in the hospital afterwards. Um, they did a CT scan for brain bleed because they were worried that I had a lot of brain damage from the impact. Um, but praise God that came back uh, completely clear. Just, <laughs> uh, just a lot of swelling. Um, and uh, yeah, so... God has really just, like, worked. Uh, Police and doctors um, who showed up at the scene and at the hospital all said I should have been killed in that accident and that if not killed, I should have come out paralyzed or with some life-threatening severe injuries that I would not be able to function uh, 100% for the rest of my life. But um, praise God, I'm here walking. Um, Thank you for uh, your prayer support um, and just that, like, God can really work miracles in such crazy ways that you might not expect. Um, But, yeah, I'm a living testimony of that. So, uh, yeah, thanks.
Right on. Yeah, thank you, Lord. God is so good. And uh, um, I just uh, got back this morning with a bunch of people. We went down to Redding, California. And uh, yeah, and I've never been before. And a uh, cool church called Bethel Church down there. And uh, never been, just, just went to a leadership conference and, uh, and just uh, God just really uh, spoke to us and just even about Canada and what he's going to do in Canada. And so uh, really excited. And uh, I just want to invite Ryan. I didn't actually, uh, we just got home this morning and he's had a crazy day and I didn't even say, hey, I'm going to call you. But he came with me and uh, I just want to share maybe a highlight or something that God spoke to you or something. So I think with this trip, I, I learned a few things and things that I haven't been a guy that really can't even say lifting my hands up in worship often, like, especially not both hands. That was a big step. <laughs> so like I saw all those guys in front, I'm like, nah, I'm going to be in the back over there. And, uh, you know, you go to this place and um, I think you see it in a lot of settings. You see someone set the bar, then the next person sets the bar, everyone else falls right behind it. It's like that bar never existed before. And I can say, I saw this and I... I wish I could say I was better than that. I wish I could say, no, that wasn't a mental blocker. It wasn't a whatever. But I went and I saw these people worshiping in the presence of God, and it was so readily available. Like, it was just there. We went into worship, and it was like, boom, and the place got heavy, and God was there. And it, it was like a second. I wish I could explain it. And, like, I just wept, like, ugly cried. It was horrible. <laughs> So, and it was amazing, you guys. Like, God's presence is so there. And I think if there's anything I could really say, like the take-home of it, God is just chasing after you. Like, so hard. I didn't know it. Now I have a better idea of it, but God just is chasing after us, everybody. And not just waiting for you or waiting for you to turn around. Like, he's following you. Like, each step you're running from him, He's like a millimeter away from you, trying to find you and get you to turn around. Like he loves us so much, and it's so readily available. I just want to leave you guys with that. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we on our last night in Reading, we went uh, and walked on this bridge, and so we're walking on this bridge, and um, and again, didn't know, just kind of sightseeing, tourists. And uh, met these uh, people that were at the conference that are from Kentucky, and so they're there on this bridge, and and uh, then we see these uh, we see these people, and all of a sudden the next thing you know, uh, we're prophesying over these random people. Um, they're uh, you know the girl from Kentucky's like. Uh, yeah, I feel like you, you're asking, you, you want a skateboard. And the guy's like, are you psychic? Like, what is going on? I just said to my friend, I want a skateboard. <laughs> so we prayed for him, and his, and his foot was one was shorter than the other. And so we put him on the bench. God grew out his other foot. And, and, then, and then I said, well, this isn't an accident. They're from Kentucky. We don't even really know them. We're from Canada. God sent us on this bridge to talk to you. And do you know Jesus? And he goes, no, I want to know Jesus. And so, so he gets saved. His friend got saved. And uh, then these two girls that are on this crazy girls trip from Seattle to go be models in uh, L.A., they're just going to check it out. All of a sudden, they're on this bridge just sightseeing. And so the two girls were, that we met up with, they went and ministered to them. And they're just like... 
And they're like, yeah, you know, we went, you know, it's just, it's just crazy how God intersected them. And, and so it was like, just, it was, it was a, an amazing trip. And, uh, but you know what's really cool is that it's, God can do great things over there, but He's doing great things here. And, and, and the people we talked with and people that came up to us, even in, in a crowd, somebody called out, us out just because we're Canadians, and John and Don Lurie were there. And, and just it's like God's getting ready to pour something out in Canada. And, 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 uh, and it's just it's amazing. And so I, I just want to uh, encourage you, let's press in as a community to what God is saying here, because I believe there's just something. And I, I want to honor uh, Pastor Rick and, and Aaron and Chris and, and, uh, and just the whole team here that's helping us out and just hosting us here tonight. We just are so blessed. We move resurgence from church to church, and, and we're really blessed to be here. And uh, I know July 27th, is that correct? They have uh, Praise in the Park. Praise in the park, and uh, it's the posters are up there, and so they just asked me. I know they have a conference coming up too, and they just have some great things happening, and they have posters up. Check that out. They're just a great house that loves Jesus, and uh, they're just expanding the kingdom in Edmonton, and we just we're all about that. And so bless them, and uh, and uh, bless what uh, God's doing, and uh, right on. Yeah, you can sit there. It's yours. Yeah, for sure. No, no problem. Um, yeah. You too. Um, there you go. I'm a little slow. Um, uh, I just, uh, this afternoon, I was sitting and, and just reflecting on what God was kind of saying. And I, do you ever, you know, when you read the Bible, you, uh, you get, sometimes you'll read a scripture and then you'll get like some like truths out of it. And you're like, okay, God's saying this. Then there's other times you'll just get this truth. You get something in your heart, and you don't really have a scripture for it. You're just kind of walking it out. And then all of a sudden this afternoon, God's like, yeah, look up this verse. And I'm like, so I look this up, and I'm like, this is totally what I've been thinking about and just kind of the journey that I feel we're on as resurgence. And I want to read it. It's in 2 Kings chapter 3. And um, here you have the the people. They they went to war, and they, they have all these soldiers and it's in the time of King Jehoshaphat. And my nephew, he really loves Jehoshaphat because he said he's so fat. And so I always like remember that And when I read King Jehoshaphat. And um, King Jehoshaphat, it says, The word of the Lord is with them. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king went down to him. And they, what they did was they got Elijah, Elisha together. And so they got Elijah, and Elijah said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I do not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Hey, can you sit down? Because oh, you're being a distraction. Sorry, man. No worries. Thanks. Don't hit me, man. Okay, I'm not hitting you. Just sit down. Thank you. Uh, as if I do not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you or even notice you. But now bring me a harpist. So they bring the harpist. And while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he says, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches, for this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. You and your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also hand over Moab over to you. You will overthrow every fortified city and every major town. You will cut down every good tree, stop up all the springs, and ruin every good field with stones. And the next morning, about the time for the offering, the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. And, and 
I, I just thought of that. It's like, you know, faith is this crazy thing where faith calls us to take a step. Faith calls us to step out. And it's easy to have faith when you know the ending. It's easy to have faith when you see the next step. But do you have faith when you don't see? I mean, here are these soldiers. They're, they're thirsty. They're ready to have, like, mutiny go on because there's no water. And here Elijah comes and said, you're not going to see wind. You're not going to see the rain. Like, you won't even see a sign of anything. But I'm going to, like, fill the ditches. And what they had to do is they had to dig these ditches. So I, I'm thinking, if I'm the guy that's, that's digging this ditch, okay? Okay, we're digging this ditch in a desert. It's sunny, it's hot, there is no rain, it is, there's no forecast. Josh Clausen's Twitter feed is not saying that rain is coming. I mean, there's, there's no satellite saying that there's rain coming. There's nothing, no wind, not even a change of direction. Nothing happening. And yet I'm digging this ditch. Oh yeah, well, Elijah said that rain's going to come. And it's going to be full, huh? Like that doesn't even make sense. And it's like sometimes God calls us to dig ditches in the desert, to, 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 to start digging when there's no sign of anything, and to make space. Because, see, if the ditches weren't there and the water came and there wasn't space, the water just would have ran away. But the water, there was ditches, the water could sit, and they had water to drink. And so I don't know for you what that is, is, is making space for God. I don't know what in your life you need to do to make space, but um, even as a community of resurgence, we're on this journey where we're like, okay, God, we know you're going to do something in the city. We, we, we're contending. We're believing. We're putting structures in place. We're gathering monthly. We're, we're, we're creating ditches. We, we've got some crazy vision, and we're just in this season of, okay, God, we are believing for some huge things. We're ready to take some huge steps, and it's like, this is crazy. This is like... This is faith. And it's like, we don't see where, you know, I watched a documentary and the guy said, the guy who was building the software or the Dropbox, if you use Dropbox, the founder of Dropbox says, we created Dropbox and it was like jumping off a cliff without with having to make your own parachute. And I think of that often. It's like when you jump off a cliff and you know it's really sharp below and there's nothing. It's like you don't even know how to make a parachute, you know? It's like, okay, that's crazy. But sometimes God calls us. When I read everywhere I read, it's like, oh, man, there's crazy, you know, the walk on water when it's like, okay, he didn't know that he was going to be able to walk. Like, you know, Peter gets out of the boat and it's like, ah, you know, and it's like just those crazy steps. And so I don't know what that is for you. But I, I, I sense that God is calling us all to take a step, to, 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 to grow in our faith, to, to expand that faith muscle. And uh, we're going to take an offering tonight, and uh, an offering for resurgence, and we do that every, every time. And then tonight, Gabe's going to come and share, and I'm going to introduce him in a minute. But the um, uh, reason we do an offering is resurgence is totally funded by our community. Uh, we just, it's not a, it's not a tithe, but we believe it's the offering. It's the over and above. So we ask you, if you go to a local church, please tithe there. Um, we, we ask that you do that. But if you want to give over and above and you'd say, you know what? I want to create some space. And sometimes we create space by money, but would you believe with us for the space that we're creating? We're, we're digging some ditches and we really, uh, are just stepping out. And so we're asking for a community to go, yeah, we, we're, we're with you. And, uh, 
City Center Church has helped us out with the finances for the last four uh, some years, and we are really, really close to get becoming Resurgence Initiatives Society, which is going to be our totally own umbrella, and uh, really excited, And but we're still City Center, so if you want to make checks, you can make them to City Center, uh, you can give uh, cash tonight. Uh, we don't have debit or visa tonight. Um, but if you want to give that way, you can go online uh, and uh, to uh, to City Center Church on, on Canada Helps, and you can donate. So if you need any questions, Kristen's at the back. If you're like, I don't know how to do that, or Dean is right here, or Sebastian, or a- any one of us can just help you, and you go, uh, yeah, we can help you get handle that. The other thing that we've recently uh, started, and I'm pretty excited about, is monthly partnership. We never really – I was like, monthly partners? But it's like it, – would you consider being someone that's like, hey, we're, you can count on me. I want to be someone that's like constantly helping you dig your ditch. I want to be someone that's rain or shine, whether you feel the wind, whether I had a good pay month or a bad pay month, I'm going to be sowing in and believing with resurgence, standing with you in prayer but also in finances. And so it may be 20 bucks, it may be 5 bucks a month, it may be 1000 bucks a month, whatever God puts on your heart, but it's like you just you need to do that, and uh, that would be awesome. So if you're interested in any, any of that, uh, Kristen at the back, Kristen, can you just wave? And she can get your info, and we can contact you, and or even Dean over here on the wall, and uh, they can get your info. And uh, let's let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord, we thank you that you're here. That uh, you are in this place. And God, we thank you that you bless us with finances and resources and. And God, would you just expand our faith tonight? Expand our, our, our faith that each person in this place, wherever they find themselves, whatever um, space we need to make for you to move, that you would continue to just uh, strengthen us. But God, call us to do the crazy. Call us to make the faith jump. That you would give us that courage, that boldness, that word of the Lord, that we would just trust in you. Trust in you with our lives, our finances, our time, our everything. And God, we just give resurgence to you. God, this is your vision. This is your heart. And we just, we'd ask that you just uh, help us steward this. Help us steward what you want to do. That God, that it's not just about Edmonton, but it's about the nations. It's about different provinces. It's, it's bigger than we can dream. And so God, we're asking for the resources. We're asking for the vision. We're asking for the breakthrough. We're asking for more, more more than we can infinitely ask for and imagine, God. We're asking for Your Spirit in this nation in a greater way. We're asking for Your Spirit in every person in this room in a greater way. We're asking for Your moving in government. We're asking for Your moving in the business world. We're asking for Your movement in the arts world and the music community. And God, just breakthrough in the nation of Canada. For It's time for Canada. It's time for revival in Canada. God, don't pass Canada by. God, we need a touch of You. We need a miracle of You. Now is the time for our nation. In Jesus' name, we thank You for all of that. Bless all that we give and multiply. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you need an envelope, I forgot to say, you need an envelope to put your money in. You can just, these guys have that too, but if ushers, if you could just pass that, that would be great.
And as they're uh, passing, I want to uh, introduce our, uh, our speaker tonight. And uh, his name is Gabe Voorhees, and uh, his wife Darcy are with us tonight. And uh, they're from uh, Fort St. John, B.C., and I met them uh, many years ago. I think in Fairview would have been the first, could have been here or Fairview, Fairview. And uh, they were uh, youth pastors, right, youth pastors in Fairview, and um and I went up a few times with uh, Trevor Meyer, a good friend of ours, and we did camps up there and uh, an inner peace camp and 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 uh, in their church. And uh, but he has uh, he's been involved in ministry, but he's also been uh, recently involved in. He works for an oil company right now, is uh, safety. And uh, they have four kids, and uh, they just came from a youth camp. So he's involved in in safety in an oil company. He's involved in ministry, and he just loves Jesus, and we love him. So why don't you just give a really warm welcome to him as he comes. Wow. You know where there's opportunity, there's opposition, right? Where there's opportunity, there's opposition. God wants to create an opportunity right here, right now. Isn't that good? We have an opportunity right now together uh, where two or more are gathered. I forgot my math. Is there more than that? (laughs) Right? Here he is. Holy Spirit, what are we doing? Wow. Wow. Man, you guys are awesome. Um, I've been processing for a little bit. Let me just do uh, just a, um, yeah, we have, we have four kids. Uh, the season that we're in is uh, we're transitioning. Um, I transitioned into this oil company here uh, called Clearstream. And uh, we, we build, um, yeah, Clearstream. It's pretty awesome. Uh, kind of a prophetic name if you want to think about it that way. Um, yeah, we build, maintain, and and operate gas plants and, and uh, flow thousands of, of um, you know, dollars worth of, of stuff from the ground, uh, the oil and the gas. And uh, God kind of gave me a word a long time ago about uh, two different fields. There was an oil field. Um, uh, there's actually two different fields when I was on my way from uh, running as a youth pastor to, uh, to greener pastures. You know, that rod and that staff, they comfort me, right? Uh, learning, learning the Father's heart. Um, as he led us to Fort St. John. And uh, on the way there in the U-Haul, he, he showed me uh, two different fields. And, uh, and I was going there as the emerging generations pastor. I had nothing to do with oil and gas industry at all. Uh, I had a bit of a history there. But uh, he showed me two fields. One of the fields was, uh, was um, the physical oil field. Um, and through, of course, education, we learned that that was just there by accident. Right? You know? <laughs> Right, that you know, God didn't purpose this amazing resource in the ground for us to then release and create wealth. Um, you know, to be able to feed the nations. Right, come on. Um, and then He showed me another spiritual field. This 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 was a spiritual field, and and He showed me um, the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, where Christ fell to His knees, and He He felt the weight of the world, just like the weight of this earth uh, presses down and creates this oil and this gas. And this whole world that was, uh, um, you know, that was enveloped in, in, in uh, you know, in the in the first, uh, you know, the first payment of sin, right? 
Come on. Um, and uh, that, that first, uh, you know, that first pain of sin, that death that now is being pumped up into the surface. And, um, you know, the reason that Edmonton is so prosperous, right, is because that death is now becoming life, is it not? Right? Is there not a purpose for that stuff? Are we taught just to, it's just another formation in the ground? Right? And, you know, and, 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 and God said, I want to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Um, and so the first oil field, he wants to show us how to steward it, but we have to get it in here. And the second one was the Garden of, uh, you know, was the garden of Gethsemane where, where, where the weight of the world, the weight of our sins, pressed upon him to the point that even his blood began to get pressed out of his own skin. And the very first droplet that hit the ground in the Garden of, uh, you know, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, which I actually... Looked into it and means the place of crushing. It's a large olive press, um, a, a field of olive presses. If you go there now, it's just this huge garden of olive trees. And the oil that gets pressed out there is sold all over the world. The rich, rich, richness of, of Christ. And that's the very first place that a drop of blood hit the ground for our sins. And the place of crushing um, is now the... the uh, the most amazing thing to begin to experience is his Holy Spirit. He says, when I leave you, I'm going to send someone. <laughs> right? And he's going to lead you into all truth. That's what he's going to do right now. He's going to lead us into all truth. All truth, not half truth. But there is opposition to this truth. But there's a great opportunity right now. Great opportunity. And uh, that opportunity is going to present itself in... Uh, in the words I'm about to say, it's kind of a, a revelation that I got um, that that God's been processing me uh, for a while, and it's a really hard one because it has to do with me personally. Because I love corporate gatherings. I I grew up in the church, and I grew up in, in great experiences and on expressions of the body of Christ. But the body of Christ has its parts, and in those parts, they need to be able to function. If they're going to function properly then we need to get down to the actual healing those things up and, and uh, you know, making us all, all well. I mean, he died for a purpose, right? And in that purpose, we're, we will become whole. And uh, so the revelation that I got, well, it's not really the revelation, it became a revolution. And what Jesus came and told me one day, he says, personal revolution will result in corporate revelation. Say that one more time. I love it. Personal revolution will result in corporate revelation. And it's just been hitting me, and, and I, I, I'm like, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And he's like, you know what that means. You're just too worried about your opposition and not your opportunity. And I said, what, what's my opportunity? And he said, your opportunity is for me, Jesus. Through the counselor that I've sent you to lead you into all truth, I'm about to flip the tables of your heart. Because my temple will be a place of prayer. Not of worry, not of fear, not of Xbox. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, I, I, I love Xbox. And actually, for portions of my life, that was an idol. And still is. It rears its head. I love Call of Duty. I do. It's awesome. 
that's 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 how I just offload a lot of my my pressure, right? But uh, it's it's not good enough for me, right? And uh, and if that becomes a god, um, if that you know if that becomes an idol, and and what I what I wanted to share with you, and and I thought I had something, but I didn't. Because that was the opposition. I had to get past that. And now the opportunity presented itself for the scripture in Genesis 31. <laughs> 31, 33. Laban went first into Jacob's tent. Now, Rachel had ran with Jacob. They're running. Um, and you know, Jacob. Well, oh, you guys are awesome. It's right up there. And uh, one of the girls here had uh, had stolen the household idols. And uh, it says, Laban first uh, went into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then into the tents of the two servant wives, but he found nothing. Finally, he went to Rachel's tent, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them under her camel saddle. And now she was sitting on them. Ouch. <laughs> Pokey idols. Xbox controller would feel funny on my butt cheek, actually. But Anyway, that's just me. Let's talk about you. There's an opportunity here for us to get really, 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 really real with us and God. Right? Really. I've been doing it. I just want to say that, that my job has become an idol. I'm sorry, honey. I, I can't preach this without saying that because that's not real, right? And, uh, you know, I I was vying for that. Um, I was worrying about that race. Remember that thing I was going to talk to the boss about? And it was an idol. I wanted to build, 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 build. I wanted to provide for her. And when I let it go is when I got that race. Remember that? Got that little, you know, the two bosses sat me down. thought I was getting fired. And they said, you're doing a good job here. No one else is getting it, by the way, but you are. Anyway. Sorry, I, I just had to repent because at the time, that was my idol, was money. It really was. Because I live in a city of money. Fifth richest city in the world. It says, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle. And now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, please, sir. Forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued to search, but he could not find the household idols. Oh. There's an opportunity here for us to take something from this other than um, what we are right now, which is actually very funny. But... I've only given God so much of my idols, of my time. And, and we actually live in a, in a society, um, unlike any other society. In fact, it's, it's, it's a likened a lot to Rome. It's a likened a lot to Sodom. You hear many people saying about, about our society and where it's going. And if Holy Spirit was to be truth and lead me into all truth, I would say that in some areas of my life, and maybe some of us in here, I'd be sitting on a saddle 
using my flesh as an excuse for him not to find out what is under there. And all this 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 is Laban the father, um, the earthly father. He had a different reason for finding these idols, but our father has the best reason. He has the best reason. Um, my son Corbin was uh, three. Was he three years old? Two? Maybe two. Um, he was our first son, and we learned a lot with him. He's kind of a guinea pig. Um, <laughs> still acts like one sometimes. But uh, he um, he had a onesie. You guys remember onesies? Right? With the, with the white feet? Right? Was it like a onesie? A sleeper onesie, whatever it is. Sleeper. All right? And uh, it was... It was so constructed by the manufacturers as to not allow the child to take that off because, of course, you'd find it laying around and you'd be running across the lawn naked. But um, this particular morning, uh, one of our rules in the house is whoever finds the child um, or wakes up and, you know, is the one that has to deal with, with the child. And um, this so happened to be my morning, so, of course, I went down praying for no poopy diaper. And... Uh, when when I uh, when I opened the door, I I walked into a um, the particles of uh, feces are kind of in the air, you know, like like almost it's not it's not the off gassing. It would, it would be like you'd almost taste it, right? And you just like you're just like you know it's all nice, and then you know you're like there, right? And over in the corner, in a, in his toddler bed, Corbin, my the son, I. I love this kid. Like, he's just amazing. He's my firstborn son. I just want to, oh, I love him, you know? And he's there. And, and so somehow, still haven't figured out the, the acrobatics to this, but he had pulled his sleeve into his onesie. And then, of course, he was free inside, right? And what he had done was he reached into his diaper because obviously it's annoying to have stuff in there. Right, and what he did was he just kind of, and he just emptied it out like so, right? There it is, our work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I actually showed up to uh, Van Gogh halfway through his masterpiece, and uh, it was, it was, yeah, um, it was in his hair, it was, it was in his ears, under his eyelids. Yeah, all over his bed, all over the wall. It was, it was uh, and in that moment, not in that moment actually, it was. Yes, it wasn't your turn. It was not your turn. That's, yeah. Thanks, honey. So, um, not not in that moment was there any moment of revelation. If you guys have ever watched The Simpsons, you, you remember that Homer and Bart picture. Okay, yeah, but yet. I looked across the room. I knew exactly what had happened, right? And I looked across the room into his eyes. And you guys would melt to see your son in that situation. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. There was no hiding it. There was no saddle to throw it under. The dirtiness, the, the thing that he did wrong. But he was sitting in his own filth. 
And I looked across, and I loved that boy so much. And all I wanted to do in his filth was to go over and to bury my nose into his neck and just to grab him and just to hold him and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get this fixed. We're going to do this, okay? I said I didn't. <laughs> Picked him up by his little toe. <laughs> and after three baths, we got most of the smell gone. We anointed him in very much oil. Very smelly oil for the next week. But God began to reveal to me in that time His heart for us. Right where we're sitting, right where we're at. Um, just the absolute love, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter if we've walked through it, if it's happened to us, whatever, that Holy Spirit began to reveal to me that there is an opportunity here for me to do something. And I um, just want you to know that personal revolution will result in corporate revelation, but it's going to take that personal revolution of understanding um, having an understanding of where we stand with God. Because we have an enemy and we have a world and we even have some structures within our church um, that would block out the voice of the Holy Spirit. And He is here to lead us into all truth. And there's no such thing as junior Holy Spirit. Right? God wants to heal He's just a wonderful Father. And, and so when He looks across that room, and I'm, I'm not calling you guys names, okay? I'm not like pointing at you like, you're my son and you're dirty. <laughs> that was weird. But, you know, um, Holy Spirit wants you to be real with, with who you are, right? And I got a picture one day because, um, number one, He wants us... Let's, I mean, let's just put it out there. He wants us to get rid of our idols. He wants us to get rid of our idols. Okay. I get invited here to speak. I must not have any idols. I've just revealed a few of them in all honesty to you because I want you guys to be so honest with yourself. Because if the revival that we're going to hold in Canada is to dwell within us and is to pour out on all flesh. We need to be able to hold it. Hey? Hold it. And I just see the staves of a barrel. You can only be filled to the, the highest stave. Right? And and that pouring out, we, we just need to get things fixed. And Holy Spirit is here to counsel. Why would He have to be a counselor if we didn't need counsel? Why would He have to lead us into all truth? Maybe because there's lies. Maybe because there's something that I would believe without Him. And Jesus said, wait. When I leave, I want you to wait. And these, these, these men waited. These men and women, they waited. He said, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Until. Right? Until.
and uh, we need him now. And I really believe that he's speaking to some of us. And I don't know if if we have a piano that we can play here, just to set the mood. Are we supposed to do that? Can we do that? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, King David uh, he did that that for Saul, right? If there's if there's if there's any evil spirits, they can just leave. Once the piano plays, it's kind of a pattern of the kingdom, isn't it? Come on, Andrew. No, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you. I think I think I think the first thing that the Holy Spirit was saying when I came in here was 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 I want you to be like that young king. And now that you are in power, I want you to go at night and I want you to take the idols and I want you to grind them into dust and spread them over the graves of the ones that made them. Because it says that the gods of the godless nations are but mere trinkets, painted eyes that can't see, carved ears that can't hear, cold wood, dead metal. Those that believe and make them shall be like them. Come on. Come on, we got one God, right? I don't need to convince you. But um, I just want to share with you this second revelation that God has been showing me. So number one, come on, right? Personal revolution results in corporate revelation. And we've been praying for corporate revelation. God, pour out. We want these community experiences of God showing up and pouring out. We long for that. That's not wrong. We're a family, right? But it all starts here. It starts here with me. In the secret place. It starts here with me. My idols. My problems. Holy Spirit, come counsel me. Lead me in all truth. Lead me in all truth. Not half truth. The second thing that I feel like is going to usher in the presence of of God into our nation. And I, I've, been, I've been processing this. This, this. this is the last thing I just wanted to share with you is, is honor. And, and, and actually understanding your father and how much he just really loves you. And I don't want, I don't want to leave here without, without us knowing that our father is just, he's joyful. All right? And as much as, much as, as, much as he looks across at me at the room and I've just covered myself, and you know what? His love is just so beyond that. Right? And you know that now. I know that you know that. I know that now because I'm preaching it, and the Holy Spirit's on me. He's telling me to tell you that. But tomorrow, is that still true? Because tomorrow, there's going to be some opposition. And your opportunity will be to believe what your father's saying about you. Something that really breaks my heart is when my kids feel scared of my own house. Because maybe I've let in a movie, maybe I've let in an idea, maybe I haven't been spending enough time with them and showing them the father's heart and they come scared or they have a nightmare. That's on me. And as a father, I get mad. I almost get mad at them for not believing that, hey, I'm dad. I have guns. I'm a Canadian. Northern Canadian. I got guns. No one's coming here. Right? I'm not talking about these. If you guys were looking. Right? But 
in all reality, really. Um, God doesn't want you to be afraid, all right? And you want to pour, He wants to pour His goodness out on you despite, despite what man says to you and despite what the spirit of religion did to Jesus. So let's just turn to uh, Samuel. Yeah, this is good. Keep going. You're just anointed there. Just keep going. First Samuel. First Samuel. First Samuel fourteen. So I just really feel like Holy Spirit has come to say that I'm going to create a corporate revolution in Canada, but it's going to begin in your heart. And Jesus wants to flip the tables of our hearts. He's tired of the currency changing, and he wants more prayer. He doesn't want petty exchanges done in his temple. He doesn't want petty exchanges done in his temple. What did he say? What did the prophets say to Saul? Obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't want your sacrifices. Why do I hear that bleeding in the background? Lambs, and I told you to get rid of that. I told you to get rid of those idols. So here we are, ready for corporate, corporate revelation. Because you guys have been pressing in, and I'm just feeding off it. Is that cool? So in 14, it says that one day Jonathan came to his armor bearer. Come up, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. So what Jonathan and his armor bearer do, uh, they, they go up. And they take out a whole garrison of, uh, of the Philistines. And at the end of that, in uh, verse uh, 15, it says, Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and the field, including the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then the earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Everyone was terrified. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of the Philistines, it says that they were like the sea of the sand shore, or the sand of the seashore. That would have been, that's a tongue twister. Call the roll, find out who's missing, Saul ordered, and they found out it was Jonathan and his armor bearer. You know, the role of the armor bearer was to carry his weapons, his extra weapons, but also the role of the armor bearer was to kill the enemies that he had maimed or had partially wounded as he went forward to keep his forward momentum. The armor bearer would be behind him, using the weapons he's holding, the special weapons, to, to take out the rest. Make sure you have one of those on your side. Um, then Saul shouted to Ahijah, Bring the ephod here, for at that time he was wearing it. He also says, never mind, to the priest. He was just in panic. Everyone was panicked. Now in, in verse 24, it says, Now the men 
of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath. Saul the king, the king of Israel, the king of the armies of God, even, of that time. Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening, before I have full revenge on my enemies, so no one ate all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan, Saul's son, the one who started it all, had not heard his father's command, and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. If you're reading my favorite line in the Bible it says that his eyes brightened. But one of the men saw him and said, your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary and faint. Are some of you sick? Right? Are some of you faint? Some of you weary? The honey of God is available. And what man says, and what the spirit of religion says, means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. There is going to be a supernatural outpouring of the goodness of God as long as you keep stepping out. Saul's life is, if you study Saul's life, starts off okay but he soon becomes he soon becomes the image of a wayward father hurling javelins at his own kids setting his daughters up as bait for a man of God doing sacrifices whenever he wanted But yet his son Jonathan, the most honorable person I've ever read in Scripture, honors the man of God, David, and his father to the bitter end and dies beside his father in honor. And so his crippled son is also exalted and lives in the house until the end of his days because cripples shouldn't be in the palace. Yet the covenant between David and Jonathan, I really feel like the life of Jonathan and what God did and is showing us in this story is very, very, very relevant to our lives. And the outpouring that God wants to do, honey is goodness, it's strength, his eyes brightened, there's new vigor for the battle. Regardless, regardless of the enemy in front of us, regardless of what our own friends and family and church are saying, what Holy Spirit is saying, is I'm going to sustain you in battle. I'm going to sustain you. There is a supernatural sustaining of you. And it's not going to be by your flesh. It's not going to be by might or power, right? But by my spirit. By my spirit. By my spirit. So eat honey. Eat honey. Come on. David's running. He's running from Saul. 
he goes to the priest. Before the altar of the Lord, there's fresh bread put out. Should he eat of that? No. Yet he's allowed it. He also asks for a weapon. And the priest pulls from behind the ephod. And this pinnacle time of David's life, the sword of Goliath. From a long time ago, I feel like there may be someone in this room, you need to go back to the victory that God first had in your life, and you need to wield that one more time. I feel like there's a fresh bread of the anointing that you don't think that you deserve. Because you're on the run. And man has said to you, you can't do anything. And the church has said to you, well, just wait. We don't have a program for you yet. God is saying, I'm going to supernaturally feed you. And I'm going to supernaturally arm you with the word of your testimony. Because that, in Revelation... You have my blood. Now have the testimony. There's something that's happened in our lives that you need to pull out again from behind that ephod. And David says, also my favorite words in the Bible, second favorite, sorry. He says when he holds it in his hand, he says there's nothing like it. Because he went back to that victory in his mind. And now he has the arms and the legs and the skills to wield this weapon that at first was probably the ugliest looking chop at a giant's head in the world. But it was through the provision of God that this is now his. And he takes that bread and he takes that sword and he goes to the cave of Abdullam. And it says that his family meets him there, the discontented, the in debt, the disheartened meet him there. And from that cave he creates David's mighty men. Men that with a bow would jump down in a pit and beat up a lion. Men that would take out 800 enemy soldiers. The mighty three if you read about them. Come on. Just with a, with your testimony and the fresh bread of His presence, we are going to, we are going to receive what, what's been prophesied over Canada. We're going to. We have the provision. We're pumping it out of the ground as we speak. It's leaving our feet and the hundreds of thousands of gallons, rich, gold. But first we need the heart. Come on, Jesus, we need you. Come on, fill up our barrels. God, if I'm full of myself, if I'm full of idols, God, I pour myself out so I can be full of you. I feel Holy Spirit would say, all of us fall somewhere into this room, into one of these topics. I didn't come here wanting to say these things. It's Him. Because you're so faithful and you lead us into all truth. What's the truth for you? Are you sitting on an idol? And it's hidden by your flesh and your Father comes in the room. He just says, just... Just hand it over and I will give you new life. You don't understand. This thing is holding you back from, from the corporate revelation that you could have. 
Let me flip the tables of your heart. Maybe you need strength. Maybe your eyes have been downcast for so long, but he says, it's time to eat the honey. And what man says means nothing. Whatever oaths and whatever rules are thrown upon you, eat the honey and run forward towards the enemy. I will supernaturally enlighten your eyes. just wait for a second. God, reveal to us. Really, really reveal to us. Laban walked around the room and saw nothing. There was nothing even to the naked eye. But God, there may be something. God, in my life, God, David said, if there be any wicked way in me, God, show me. So here's all the things that I know that are wrong, but there may be something that isn't that I don't know about. Come on, show me, God. Man after God's own heart. If you want to make that right with God, if Holy Spirit's revealing that to you, just do it. This personal revolution is what then launches a revival in the hearts of man. Come on. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just deliver fresh honey, God, to the ones in this room that are running full bore after you. God, I pray for fresh bread for those that are weary of running in this race that Paul says that we we need to we need to we just need to run our race come on set our mark God I pray for the word of our testimony as the sign of Goliath's sword of the battles that you have fought for us because we are all here now because of you And the testimony of every person in this room is so sweet to you. And Revelation says they shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb which we have. And what we all hold right now is what God has done in you. Pick up that sword. There's nothing like it. Remember the time that I saved you. Remember the time that that I came to you. Remember the time of your youth at camp or or at church or when you didn't even know when I came to you and I ministered to you as your God. And it was so real to you. That time I healed you. That time I showed myself to you. That time is not forgotten. It's a real memory. And that memory, when being remembered, becomes a sword. And when being told out loud becomes a battle against the enemy and partner with the blood of Christ. 
helps us overcome until the end. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just uh, sing together. If you guys want to stand, we can. If you want to sit, let's respond. Holy Spirit, He's already led us in all truth. I believe that's the truth. Let us not 
as a chant uh, Lord we cast down our idols cast down our idols cast down our idols we cast down our idols you see the Israelites lived in a land of idols curse they took them, and they chopped them down, and they burnt them. It wasn't theirs. So maybe some intercession that has to happen here. Come on. Are there idols that we need just to, even, even, even in our families' lives? And he cast down our idols. Cast down our idols. Come on. Lord, we cast down idols. Come on. We cast down our idols. We declare this to you, God. We cast down our idols. Come on.
us really feel like we really can't leave this this time where there's an opportunity and we don't take it. Has anyone had an opportunity where you thought back, you know what, I didn't take it? Oh, you know, there's an opportunity here to go deeper, to go further, to go deep within yourself and say, you know what, under that saddle, I can't even believe what's there. I don't even know how it got there, but I'm going to tell you right now, in a group that is in the country of Canada, with the media and the society that we have, we got, we have idols. Holy Spirit's telling me that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making this up. And we need to have a chant like this. That's not just my words. It's not just my words. But Holy Spirit, I'm just not coming with fancy words, God. I'm coming with a broken heart, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my my friends. I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for the things that I allow in my life to take root. And if God won't give up, and he's making a fool out of me to keep saying it over and over and over again, I'm willing to be a fool. I'm the fool's fool. Because all I'm here to do is about the gladness of God, which gives us the greatness altogether and gives him the glory. Right? We can become a great host of people. Oh, but God, if there's idols in the camp, God, just help us strip them off in Jesus' name. I don't mean ugly, I don't mean the ugly cry. And that happens, that's okay. I really, really feel like we need to be honest with ourselves because he leads us in all truth. So we're going to sing that again because God's not going to let go. He's searching the room. He's kicking the saddle. Whoa, come on. He kicked my saddle. I'm like, I don't want to say that about my job, God. He's like, yeah, well, it was an idol. And I dealt with it. And it may become an idol tomorrow. It may become an idol tomorrow. I still work for that same company, and I still need money. Right? Pray for me, people. I'll pray for you. But in the meantime... together. Let's keep the band nice and low. I can't hear you. Oh, Lord. There's someone here that had the same idol as me. It's a word of knowledge. That's fine. You can test it. 
but you're addicted addicted to video games. You are. It takes its precedence over God. Believe me, I know. I was there. I'm there sometimes as well. <laughs> Just give it up. Some words of knowledge, you don't need much knowledge. Just look around. Someone really, really, really loves their physique and really works on that, and it's become an idol. For another, for someone else, I believe it's a diet, and that God says, God says you can, you can go to all the websites that you want for your diet, and you can talk to all the ways of this world, but the patterns of this world are not the pattern of the kingdom. And God says, I'm willing to reveal to you the way to be healthy, the way to eat, the way to get rid of that food allergy. But you need to give me. You need to give me your heart. You need to give me your idol. Come on. believe it's someone's vehicle. Someone's vehicle is an idol. You know, you just have to give it to them. I just feel like if you were to prophetically take the keys out of your pocket and you hold it out there like that, God would be like, you know what? Yeah, it's mine now and you can have it. But this thing controls you. And you're supposed to be controlled by my spirit. Whenever you're in it and whenever you're around it, you just you're just enthralled with it. Mm, come on. Are you guys ready for a prophetic rhyme? Oh. Slaves. All the seeds that we sow, all the plants that we grow always come back to haunt us. Rage. Drink the barley in the weak, stumble drunk in defeat from creation that owns us. Caged, dominated by lust. Prison bars start to rust from the sweat of my toil. Made are the products produced. My flesh is seduced from the dust of the soil. Why are we dominated by creation when he made it for us? Why are the things of this earth dominating my life? They're just his creations. In the Bible it says that we traded the worship of the creator for creation. And we received within us the penalty due. Come on. Let's be separate from this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is so pleased when his kid just gives him, look, dad. I got a problem. When my children come to me, he just loves it. He loves it. He's a God of joy. He's not looking at you like, oh, get off the saddle. No, 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 no. That's the earthly father. Our God is a God of joy. <laughs> He's so excited for you. He's excited for you. <laughs> He's excited to release you. He says, I want you to dominate creation. I created you to control creation, not for creation and time and situations to control you. 
You're free in Jesus' name. And who in the sun sets free? It's free indeed. Come on. Something, something's impacted you tonight. You just go, yeah, God, you've touched me tonight. And uh, I know, I know it's a weak night and um, work tomorrow and, and all of that. And so, but we're gonna just open the altars and we're gonna officially just dismiss you and just say thanks so much for coming and get to know somebody on the way out. And if you need prayer for anything special, we're just gonna be up here. We just wanna pray with you. It's about living free, free from the idol. As you go about the summer and enjoy God's creation and hopefully some vacation and relaxation and just the goodness of the land that we live in, um, let's be free. Let's remember he bought us. He, it's freedom. And we don't have to live with idols and all that. So thank you, Gabe, and, and uh, we'll see you August 7th. Bless you. Seek the Lord while he may be found Call on him while he is near Oh, yeah, call on Let the wicked 
forsake their ways. The unrighteous, their thoughts. Oh, let them return. Let us return. Let us return to your house, your dwelling place. The church returns. The church returns. The church returns to your house. We your house. We of your compassion the place of your redemption oh the church returns yeah well he is near oh seek the Lord while he may be found Surrender all, oh, I surrender all, all to my Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all.